this episode, we are giving you the basics on energy work. So we talk about what energy work actually is, give you some great examples of it, talk about some energy work keywords, give an overview and little discussion on the chakras, and much more. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Are you ready to talk about energy work, Jamie? I am. All right. Well, let's start by telling people what energy work is. Even though I think most people know what it is, let's talk about what we think it is. Does that sound right? right? Yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> okay. Um, other terms for energy work that you might hear, all we're all talking about the same thing here. Energy healing, energy medicine, all of that, all the same, right? Yeah. Um. Some popular examples of energy work are Reiki, acupuncture, acupressure, tapping, theta healing. I mean, I could go on and on. This whole episode could be an hour of us naming them if we wanted. There are hundreds and hundreds of modalities. Yes. Um, But I look at it like this. Like if energy, when we're talking about energy, because that word has a lot of definitions too, right? Yep. In this sense, we're saying like the life force in the body. Yes. That's the kind of energy we're talking right now. Right. Prana. Yes, exactly. And by work, we're, we're saying doing something to restore flow or balance or ease to your energy, right? Yeah. To that life force in your body. Yep. How do you feel about that definition? <laughs> about that definition? <laughs> That's perfect. I, I think that's a, I don't, I think it's one of those things that people don't ever actually define and you just sort of hear it and then um, decipher it as you go. And I think that that's really on target. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff in the alternative healing word world that does not get like actually defined. So I think it's important to do that. Yeah. Um, so energy work is actually becoming a lot more accepted, which is very exciting. Yes. Very exciting. Um, but it is still kind of considered like alternative or I hate this word, but pseudoscience. Like there mm-hmm. is still that connotation to the idea of doing energy work. Like sometimes even saying like, oh, I'm going to go do Reiki or get acupuncture or something still gets the eye roll. Right. Absolutely. Um, and we mentioned in episode five, when we were talking about the Claire's, how science is totally on board and accepting that we have an energy field, that that energy field can be altered and affected and that it easily is. But for some reason, we're still stopping at the idea that, you know, we as humans can help sort of heal and restore each other's energy fields. We're still we're still battling with that element of it for some reason. Right. It feels like they accept that it exists and that it's measurable to a certain degree, but that humans don't have any power or control over it or there's no way for humans to affect it. Right. Which is super frustrating. And we're going to talk more about that when we deep dive into Reiki. We'll actually kind of get into that a little bit more um, on episode 12. But just keep in your mind that it is weird that we stop there. Like if we could just continue this work. (laughs) make it more acceptable that'd be great um so 
another thing about energy work, which is very similar to a lot of the things that we've covered, is that I can't tell you where the idea of energy work started, what culture it started in, what year it started in. Trust me, I tried to find anything about that because it's another one of those things that was just the way for so long. <laughs> right. That was, that was, it was a known and a given for all like ancient cultures and it just stopped um at the dawning of modern religion and so we it's almost like we're relearning it but we're we're sort of um appropriating it like as if we just created it or something but it's actually always been there it's the way humans have always existed exactly exactly so just a few um, other terms, and you mentioned this one before. So prana is the that energy life force in the body. That is the Sanskrit word for that. Chi mm -hmm. is the Chinese word for that. Ki is the Japanese word for that. And in Egypt, they would they had this thing called a sekhem, which was an ancient healer. And these are all terms that have been around, like the earliest findings we have of writings or stories being passed down include this language. Right. So always been there. It's kind of reminds me of astrology in that way that like, even though there was really no way of communicating through different cultures who are far away, like everyone sort of had their version of it. Like right. it's that same sort of thing. Right. Exactly. Now that we have the information and the history and the technology to track it, it, they all have different names, but it's all the same thing. Exactly. So the idea of doing energy work, why people want to get energy work or do energy work is that you, the idea that you can tap into and heal that energy force in your body. And by heal, I don't mean like you are inherently broken or there's something that's like really far off, not so much a Western medicine way of thinking of healing, right. more like restore it to that that place of ease you know the term dis-ease is just that your their your energy and parts of your body are out of that that flow and that ease right right energy I, work energy work exists to it should be used to maintain balance in your system in your energetic body um but if if you aren't maintaining it and there is imbalance or dis-ease which then manifests as disease um you can use energy work to bring balance back to the system, but it can actually be used like as a preventative measure. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's such an amazing point because again, we have this sort of um, Western medicine right. mindset of when there's a problem, you go to a doctor and I'm not bashing Western medicine. In fact, we have a whole episode dedicated to how these these two modalities need to work together, right? But it is sort of this kind of mindset of like, wait till there's a problem instead of maintaining in a way that feels good to you. Exactly. Yeah. That's where they differ is that Western medicine is reactive or responsive to problems. Mm -hmm. And yes, and those problems have, you know, once they manifest into like a physical issue, you've probably been experiencing something quote unquote off for a little while. Right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So one thing that I like is um, that there's this, this sort of theory and I, I really like it. I think I can get on board with this, but I want to know what you think that in order for your energy to be in that state of flow, like your energy and your body, your life force, 
that it has to be in the same state of flow as the universe's energy. So it's got to match for that to feel balanced for you. How do you feel about that theory? Yes, that's exactly what Reiki does, which we will talk about in the Reiki episode. Um, That's exactly what Reiki and energy healing does is it gets you back into the vibration. It raises your vibration so that you're you're vibrating at the frequency or the energy of the universe. Exactly. I just love that so much. And if if when you're hearing the word universe, that's a little bit difficult for you to digest. Um, To some people, that's not a familiar word to them. You and I throw that word around a lot. Um, You could even just say nature, you know what I mean? Like in line with nature, because nature is a part of the universe. It's a part of our immediate universe. So that might be easier. But, you know, even things with making sure your body's in a state of flow with like the seasons and the wheel of the year and all of that kind of stuff. Um, just that is energy work. You know, it doesn't have to be going to a practitioner, just being, how can I feel aligned with what's going on is energy work, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I love the definition of the word health and I want to, I want to tell it to you. And this isn't like the, like the holistic version of this word. It's like literally what this word means. So health is an old English word for whole W H O L E. And I really, I know, I really, really love that because I feel like uh, this might be a little soapboxy, so prepare yourselves. Um, (laughs) I feel like our culture has gotten into this idea that we, like, we physically, emotionally, and mentally, spiritually as well, are not whole, that we're we're somehow lesser or missing something on our own. You know, even just the idea of, like, finding your better half as if you're only half of a person... I mean, that's what this capitalism thrives on people feeling like they're not whole, like you have to get the right skin, the right body shape, the right partner, everything implies to you that you're not complete and you're not whole. Yes. And when you apply that to um, your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, when you apply that idea that you aren't whole, that you need outside things to make you whole, you are going to get really trapped in that low place of self-worth, which is where <laughs> where people who want to have power over you like you, right? Absolutely. If you come instead from the idea, which this is certainly a more holistic kind of kind of look at stuff, but when you come from the idea that you are whole and that if you have an issue or something going on, again, not just physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, all of it, If you have an issue going on, the idea is to find something to help restore yourself back to whole, not to go, oh, now I can't do this, or now I'm missing this, or now I'm lesser because of this, or identifying with maybe a disease or something like that becomes who you are, right? Yes, yes. So yeah, that's my soapbox moment for that. But I I think it's important to, to look at that and to go, oh yeah, like I should be and I hate to use should, but I should be looking at my own health as a way of how do I make myself feel whole all the time. And I just think that's so much better. Right. And I think that we're taught that we should fix things in us. Right. And I think that it might sound like there's not a big difference between fix and balance, but there actually is a big difference because when there's an imbalance, it just means that something needs to be shifted and addressed fix is like there's a problem there's a lack there's something that has to be added into you like 
maybe a medicine or a human being or something like that that's going to add into who you are when you talk about balancing yourself balancing your energy that's a totally different vibration that you're calling in exactly exactly i i think it just feeds into so many issues with self-worth right and a, a word or a change in phrase can shift your entire mindset and it's incredibly powerful. So don't shortchange the idea of, of sh- a shifting a word from, from fixed to balance that will have a huge effect on you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you some energy work keywords, Jay. Okay. Uh, I want you to tell me kind of what you associate with these words. I'll say the actual definition, but then you tell me kind of your thoughts. Okay. Okay. Um, so the first one is chakras, which are spinning wheels of energy. That's the definition. What do you what do you got for your thoughts on the chakras, Jay? Yeah, I mean that's essentially all I work with when I do Reiki work is balancing chakras, um, and everyone has them, and um, they're really the key to managing how the energy is operating in your body. Absolutely, absolutely. I love me some chakra work. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm so familiar with my chakras that before I even come to you for Reiki, I'm pretty sure I know which <laughs> they're going to need your assistance. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> There's some patterns going on with the well, chakras. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Okay. So meridians are the next one. So these are the channels of energy in your body. Not quite as popular and known as the chakras, but what do you associate with the meridians or what do you, what do you think about those? Yeah, so the meridians are just sort of like the communication lines that the chakras use to send energy and receive energy and take in information. Um, those go all throughout your bodies from the chakras, which are in the middle of your body. They line your body. The meridians sort of do the legwork of going out and communicating. Yep, exactly. Awesome. All right, and one more. Aura. This is a word that gets thrown around a lot, and I think sometimes by people who don't actually know what it means. So. Mm-hmm. Um, this is simply just the human energy field. That's all an aura is. We associate an aura with like colors and things like that. Not everybody sees colors in an aura. So if you are sensing an energy field, you know, we talked in the Claire's like if clairvoyance, clear seeing is not your one of your main intuitive skills, you might you might look at someone <laughs> like someone else is reading their their aura and they're like, oh, it's these colors. And you're like, I don't see that but doesn't mean you're not seeing the aura (laughs) right you may be feeling something from their energy field like that's that's what an aura is and in science they refer to it as the bioplasmic body all means the same thing right and you're I mean you're describing me I mean I I live (laughs) with someone who can see auras in different colors and can get a read on people based on the color of their aura uh, the the pattern the 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 texture of their aura Um, and I'm over here like, what, uh, it does like, but like you said, it doesn't mean that I'm not in touch with that. It's just that my senses read those things in a different way. And it, it, like you said, it's just the energetic body that goes out a little bit outside of the human skin. Um, and it's just, it's, there is now science to back it up, but we all have it. We all exist inside of that energy. Yes. I feel like if we could all be a little bit more aware of maybe what our energy field is bringing to the table, whether that's online, on social media, into a store, into anywhere, just like, hey, what am I contributing energetically with my energy field right now? 
Right. I feel like that would be just a little thing like that is something you can do. You know, sometimes, especially during times like this, it feels like kind of helpless and like your way to, to do something. But that's just a little thing that you can just sort of check in and take a few deep breaths and shift for yourself, which benefits everybody. Right. Exactly. And and that's also you if you're aware of what, where your energy is going, you can be more thoughtful in the energy that you're sending out. If you're oblivious to that, then you don't know why people are taking your text messages the wrong way or they're taking your Facebook posts the wrong way. It's because you're not aware that what you think you're keeping inside of yourself is actually going out to everybody in, in the energy that you're sending out with those those thoughts and those communications. Exactly. And we talk a lot about empathic people. You know, you are, you and I are very empathic. A lot of the people that we work to or who would be drawn to this podcast are empathic. But mm-hmm. just to be clear, everybody, even if you don't consciously pick up anything from somebody's energy field, you are affected. Like we can right. actually prove this scientifically. <laughs> yeah. A few things that we can, you know, whatever the, the sort of strongest energy is will draw everything to it. So I sort of think of it as like, as an empath, as somebody very aware of energy, I can bring something better because I know I can, I can have a stronger impact with it. You know, it doesn't mean I have to be, you know, skipping around the grocery store. I was like super happy to be there, but it could just be like bringing yourself to a place of balance or calm and just doing that as energy work. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to go do something very complicated, you know what I mean, to have energy work. You can do very, very simple things. In fact, one of my favorite little things to do, and I I just recently learned about this, is if you take like just the palm of your hand and you take your thumb and you just gently push in the, the center of the palm of your hand and you can do it on each hand, you just do this little almost like reset to your energetic field. So if you want to try it, you know, people listening, like go ahead and do it. No one can notice that you're doing it. I mean, unless maybe like fellow listeners of this podcast, really, right. I just yeah. you do the thing. <laughs> but just even a simple thing like that can be energy work, right? Right. Because if you're not aware of what's happening around you or your energetic field, that's what like when I when I think of the aura, I think of how when um, how some people will know that someone's coming up really close to you and you don't know it, but you turn around and someone's right there. It's because you're feeling them in your aura, you know, the energy that extends outside of your body can manage that and feel that. And so if they do that trick that you just said with on the palms is that like if people are a little bit too close, if you feel a little like skeeved out that you're in a store during a pandemic and there are too many people near you (laughs) and you just need some space, you can first like mind your energy, like mind your aura, be aware of it, pull the boundaries up around it and then do that, that palm trick. And, and you can reset yourself without having to go get acupuncture or Reiki or whatever. Yes. You can wait until a moment where you actually can go get those things, Right, <laughs> go get them. But right. yes, it doesn't have to be something. Maybe you're not comfortable doing those things yet. That's a, like, do something like, like what you just described, like take a couple of big, deep breaths. That's right. an amazing thing to do for your, for your energy field, for your own inner energy, outer energy, all of that stuff. Right. I think a huge point that I feel like is important to make right here is to, to let you know, like, one of the biggest things you can do to start helping people or change the world or put yourself out there is to first start dealing with your own stuff. <laughs> 100%. 100%. 
<laughs> like if you, and listen, you don't have to master your own stuff. I don't think that's possible to master your own stuff. Just be working on your own stuff. Be, be conscious of your own stuff. It's a ride. It's a roller coaster ride. You can be on for a while. So <laughs> right, but the amount of awareness that comes when you do that, it, 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 once you are aware, it, you can then extend that to other people. Because yeah. then you're aware of how it operates with you. And then you can see how it affects other people in their own bodies. Yes. You know, a lot of people ask me, and I know you get this question from people too, like, why is there so much anger in the world right now? Why is there so much, you know, yelling and blaming and pointing? Like, what is going on? And the, there's a the very complicated answer to that, which I won't take up time and answer now. Maybe in a future podcast I will. But um, <laughs> The simple answer to that is that because there are so many people who do not have the tools to do the work on themselves and they're angry, they're hurt, they're upset, they're they're lacking things that they need. And sometimes it comes out like that. Right. So, you know, when you have a culture of people who, you know, a lot of them still don't take intuition seriously or think of it as you know, a phony thing, it's poorly affecting everybody. It creates that kind of culture where people are just angry and like hurting in a way that they're only looking to to get what they need and not sort of able to to transcend that a bit and to do the big work, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That could be a whole entire podcast. Yeah. I was just going to say, I might need to be reeled back in here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In other words, doing energy work, don't discount how important it is and the effect that it has. Like it's it's that whole ripple thing, right? Like doing something for yourself puts you in a better energetic state, better mood, better energy. You go out and you spread that around. Right. right. So exactly. it's so where even if you're not actively trying to do anything else but that, you're having a positive impact. Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back after this short break. I thought we'd do like just a very simple overview of the chakras here because I feel like almost every single energy work modality refers to the chakras. Right? I also feel like the chakras, there's a ton of information out there about them. So I don't want to spend too much time going over them, but I do want to say to people listening, if you want us to deep dive more into the chakras, let us know. We're happy to do that. If you feel like the info is like readily available to you and you're good, let us know that too. But here's right. here's a little overview. So the first thing is that the chakras, the idea of the chakras originated in India and they originated sometime between 1500 and 500 BC. In other words, they're freaking old. Correct. Right. <laughs> been around for a really long time. Um, and what they do, we said they're, they're spinning wheels of energy, but they move and manage energy through the body. That's the very simple definition. Does that sound about right to you, Jay? Yep. All right. So this is much like the Claire's, um, people sort of debate how many chakras there are. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested in, in debating that there's plenty of things to debate. That's (laughs) no, like some people say there are, you know, 12, some people say there are three, seven is the most common, most recognized. So that's what I'm going to go with. But we're not saying a different number is wrong. I just think listen to all the different ones and and see what you think is right. (laughs) Right. When you're talking to other people and other practitioners about chakras, you're probably going to hear the seven chakra system. So it's most important to know how that works. And then you can sort of tweak it as you find it necessary as you go. 
Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I'm going to give you a very basic um, overview of each chakra. And Jamie, you're much more of an expert than me. So if you want to add anything, please, please do. Okay. Will do. <laughs> okay. So the first chakra is the root chakra. So this is located at the base of your spine. Um, it is in charge of building a foundation for you and your survival. All right. And the, the color associated with it is red. I'm jumping in already. Okay. <laughs> so to what you said, I call this the caveman chakra because it, it covers like the basic human needs, like Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. Are you fed? Are you housed? Are you safe? Are you physically safe and secure? It manages those basic needs of humanity. Um, and that is why I've now started calling the root the Corona chakra, because <laughs> when there's a global pandemic that's going around and this virus that no one knows about and people are dying and people are scared, um, that's what I've been seeing the most in clients lately is I would say, literally say eight and a half to nine out of 10 people have an imbalanced root when I work with them. And I think, and, and I'd like you to weigh in more on this, I think that that's not super common for that to be the main issue for people is the root chakra, right? Correct. And you see the root chakra with people who have issues with trauma, that they're, you know, like longstanding trauma or like really um, like PTSD issues like that, because there's a, a real baseline um, issue for safety. They don't actually feel safe, but most people most of the time have flowing roots. Exactly. I I honestly think, and this might be like one of those weird things that only I experience, not other people. I, I many times need to gauge, but you can weigh on and weigh in on this, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Putting a mask on and going. I'm I'm happy to wear a mask everywhere, but right. wearing a mask and seeing other people in a mask, I can literally feel like down in that lower ba lower spine, like into my pelvis I can feel like energy being like just from that do you know what I mean because it's a visual trigger that something's wrong yes no one's wearing a mask unless something is wrong right so there's something that you are literally trying to protect your physical body from so your root is like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we're at like defcon 15 here we need to shut the system down and and just be safe and be alive. Yes. And this can clunk up so much in your body. This can, you know, I hear so many people and I know we'll probably keep talking about this as we go through the chakras, but I hear so many people talking about all of a sudden having digestive issues or hormone issues or skin issues and this extra stress coming in and your chakras not being used to dealing with stuff like this, or at least at this level is having a giant impact on your whole entire system. Right, because all of its normal daily operating procedures are put on hold. Yeah. Because your body and your chakras are just trying to keep you safe. Exactly, they're trying to keep so you like, alive, baby. Right. Yes, priority one. Hormones can wait, skin can wait, like digestion can wait. We're just gonna stay breathing. Mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. And that might sound dramatic, but like when you're talking about the, the part of you that keeps you safe, that's not dramatic. That's its job. Yes. And it, even if you're somebody who doesn't, you know, feel 
really scared of the virus. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're aware of it, but you're not really scared. Even something like not being able to get the toilet paper brand that you like at the store right. is going to activate that chakra to realize there's a lot more energy here. There's a lot more for me to deal with here. And so just something, I don't want to say that that's small because it can feel big, but you know what I mean? Like it can be a little thing that starts to affect you more than you realize, maybe yeah. that you don't make conscious. Right. Absolutely. All right. So then the the second chakra is the sacral chakra. So this is located right below your navel, right below your belly button. Um, And its job is abundance, well-being, pleasure and sexuality. And it is the color orange. Correct. And that's where creation happens. Yes. Um, This chakra, in my experience, I'd like you to weigh in here. This chakra for new moms, people trying to, uh, women trying to become pregnant, um, same with men looking to, um, you know, start a family, like all in that area gets messy. Right, because it it literally on your body covers the reproductive organs. And so it can have effects there, but that part of your body also manages fertility and the creation of, of anything, but also human life. It could be the creation of a project or, or, or a new life or a new job or manifesting, but it's also the creation of human life. So if, if there's an issue with fertility or starting a family or something like that, I would start looking at the sacral. Yes. Big, big chakra for women at a age where it starts to, you start to think about sexuality for the first mm-hmm. time absolutely absolutely big deal i i love me some sacral chakra work (laughs) yeah sexuality sensuality desire that all that all happens there yes and if you just felt cringy when we said that that was your sacral chakra begging you to do some work (laughs) to work on your definition of those words because like because those words aren't cringy but if you feel that way it's because you were taught to feel that way about it and that's okay which needs to be rewritten Yes, we are here to walk you through that. Yeah, we're here happily. Okay. The third chakra is the solar plexus chakra. And this is in your upper abdomen, Mm -hmm. um, uh, like at your stomach, basically, and kind of right above. And it is where or it is in charge of self-worth, confidence and self-esteem. And it is the color yellow. Correct. That's the Lion King chakra. (laughs) The Lion King chakra. I love that. Um. This chakra is um, one of the ones that I find, and I, I'll I'll say this again when I get to the throat chakra because I feel about these two chakras. They are, have the most physical symptoms, I think. Like if you've got an issue here, you're physically going to feel it in the area of the chakra. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're going to feel your solar plexus get all wonky, and you're going to have a belly ache when yep. you're dealing with some self worth issues for sure. Yep. All right. Next, we have the good old heart chakra. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is located actually just above your heart. Um, and it is in in charge of love, joy, and inner peace. And it is the color green. Yep. All emotions happen here. They all get processed here. They're all received here. So I'm, I'm the one thing I like to note about the heart is that if you're having emotional issues, um, some people, they, they jump to, well, I, I can love, I can give love. I can show love. Um, I'm happy to to love people and care for people, but the flip side of that is, are you are you feeling safe enough to receive love? 
Mm. That's Even when you say that makes my heart chakra get like a little skippy. So yes. Right. Lots yes. of people like to give, but they don't feel comfortable receiving. Mm-hmm. Receiving love for a lot of people feels unsafe. And I would I would go even further to say a lot of empaths feel very comfortable giving love and, yeah. like you said, very unsafe receiving. If that's right. the case, your heart chakra is going to need some attention. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, the good old throat chakra. This is my forever problem chakra. <laughs> sure is. Oh man. Okay. So this is at your throat. Also your mouth, your jaw, all of this is in the throat chakra area. Um, and it is in charge of communication, self-expression and sharing your truth. And it is the color blue. Yes. And this, I like to bring to people's attention that this is where the sacral and the throat meet because the sacral is about creating and the throat is about expressing that creation through creativity. Yes. Oh, that's such a good one. I think anybody who's ever or has a similar story to me, and I, I think that you can relate to this too, Jamie, of growing up feeling like you were different or weird or like who you were wasn't safe to express. I think no matter how much work you do here, your throat chakra sort of always gets a little a little clunky. This is the area that I, I go to first when I go to energy work. I'm like, yeah, it's the throat chakra. You know, right. I lose my voice all the time. <laughs> well, right. And I was just going to say, it's something as simple as having to clear your throat. If you're saying something and you have to clear your throat or you all of a sudden get like a little coughing fit or you feel like your throat's constricting a little bit, you know, most people will be like, oh, I just need a sip of water or pollen must be bad today. But really your body's signaling like we feel a little nervous saying this or this is something that's that's a trigger for us and we need to pay attention yeah and you know sometimes that can surprise you it does me sometimes sometimes i'm saying something and i'm like why is my throat chakra freaking out over this statement right it's it's worth paying attention to and and leaning into so um yeah right. i do a lot of work here <laughs> right because you when that happens to you you take that as not a sign that something's wrong, but that there's a communication that needs to happen. So you're saying, you do that in the middle of a sentence, like you're saying something and then you've done it on this podcast. And you say, whoa, my throat chakra doesn't like that. And I watch you make a mental note of that so that you can look and see why your energy, why your system didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah, and I think, I don't think that you need to be super, super intuitive for that process to be part of your life either. I think think it helps, but I don't think you have, like, just notice when your body gets thrown out of ease, like physical symptoms are so easy to pick up, right? So just notice that, like, notice if, you know, every time you stand up, your back's locking up. I mean, just pay attention, like, why does every time I talk about this, do I get, you know, a stomach ache? Like, just... No, you don't have to solve it in the middle of it, you know, no. but just do that mental note. It's a big deal. Absolutely. All right. The next chakra is the good old third eye chakra. So that's located on your forehead. It's most famously kind of noted like in the middle of your forehead, like above your eye, eyes and eyebrows, like in the center. Um, however, your third eye covers like your eyes, your nose, your forehead, like all of that area. Right. I feel like the third eye is the clairvoyance of the chakras. It's like the only one that people know about, you know? 
that's not so true. And but it's just it's for some reason society picked up on that one. Yeah. Uh, and then that's all we know about it. Yeah, because it's the intuition chakra <laughs> that people want to make fun of or make like spooky or scary or or weird. Exactly. So it's in charge of intuition, in uh, imagination, wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's the color purple. Um, all of that has to do with the good old third eye. So like Jamie said, people have heard of this chakra. It's probably the most, like I see people refer to it who have no idea what chakras are. So yeah. Um, and don't forget, it's not just intuition, like, you know, speaking to the dead that happens here. Like this is just anytime you, you feel something anytime, like you, you go, Oh, this doesn't feel right. Or I think I should do this, or I'm picking up this, like that's all happening in your third eye. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. The crown chakra is the last one, number seven, and that's located at the top of your head and actually a little bit above your head as well. Right. Um, and that has to do with your spiritual connection and it is the color indigo. Yes. I so, see the crown as a gate, by the way. Yes. Same. I, a gate, a bridge, a connection to something else. And it does not matter what you believe. No. <laughs> everybody has your connection to that to whatever you see as the divine whether that's in in religion outside of religion doesn't matter that is what that connection is right yeah okay um let's or do you want to say anything else about the chakras before i move us to the next section here nope i think that's (laughs) it okay so i wanted to tell you a theory that i have jay um so I think this is important to note here, especially when we're talking about chakras and we're sort of referencing root causes. Okay. Um, when we, when you think about energy work, you think about more of a holistic alternative way of taking care of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. So their main sort of elements are the body, mind, and spirit connection, right? It's if something's happening in one of those areas, there's a connection in all of the other ones. Right. Um, and finding the root cause, Um, And that most of those root causes are like emotional or spiritual, right? Right. That's what, that's what those big things are. And I think when you hear Jamie and I talk about probably anything, you hear us reference root causes and emotional and spiritual stuff a lot. Right. So I want to, I want to tell you about my energetic door theory because it sort of flies against something that I feel is yucky in the holistic spiritual culture right now. Okay. Yucky is my fancy word for you right now. It's the nice Uh, way to say it. Okay. So there's this thing that happens and I, a lot of times I see it referred to or referenced when people talk about toxic positivity, Mm. Um, but it's the idea that it's your fault or that you're to blame for something bad happening to you or for having an illness. Yes. Um, I hate that so very much. (laughs) That's victim blaming. Exactly. And it's not true. It's, and it's not what we mean. And I feel the need to explain it here because I don't want it to get sort of lumped into that because there is a difference in the way of looking at this. So it is, if you get sick, if you get injured, if you are dealing with a mental illness or a mental issue, if you're struggling with emotional stuff, it is not your fault. And it's not because you did something wrong. Like, take that out of the equation, please. Like, right. This is really the, the holistic worlds, the energy world, whatever that 
group of people is. It's their way of saying you asked for it. Yes, I I hate that. I, I really very often, more often than I can stomach, frankly, get people coming to me saying, you know, somebody else in this field told me that, you know, this this trauma I experienced was, was my fault. Like I manifested it to myself somehow. Um, not a few things get me as angry as hearing that somebody right. has told them that. <laughs> yeah. And rightfully so. Cause it's not yeah. fair. It's not fair. So that when we're saying like referencing a root cause, like me saying like my, my throat might have an issue or I frequently have ankle issues. We're going to talk about that in another episode. Like, <laughs> It isn't because I'm saying that's my fault. Like I effed up or I stink or I'm not good enough. And that's why I manifested that stuff or I didn't work hard enough on myself. Like that's not what we're saying. So what we are saying is is something that I call the energetic door theory. And I call the theory because I came up with it. I don't have any other experts to back me up on it. Maybe besides you, Jamie, which I'm sure you agree with it, but, um, so this is the idea that it, you didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing to blame. But let's say, let's take my ankle issues for a moment. Um, we'll use them as an example. Let's, the ankle issues, if you look down at like the spiritual, emotional root cause of an ankle issue, it is forcing yourself in a direction that is not in flow, right? That's not like a, this is the way we feel like things are going. It's trying to force yourself a different way, okay. right? I mean, you might as well put that on my gravestone someday. (laughs) Pretty fitting. Pretty fitting. Very fitting. Okay. Now, when I hurt my ankle or if an ankle injury comes in, it's not because I suck at um, letting go of control and trying to force things to happen the way that I want them to. That's not the reason. However, when you're not, when you're doing something like that, when you're pulling yourself out of the flow, when you're pushing yourself in a different direction, you sort of open up this energetic door to saying like, it's more possible I could manifest an ankle injury because of the fact that my, my energy is out of whack in this area. Right. Same as like, if you get, you get, um, I was going to say the flu, but then I was like, let's not use that example. Um, let's say you get a stomach bug, right? Like it isn't because you're a jerk or because you did something wrong. It's just, it could have been a germ and and it affected you, but the energy door got open. It doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen, but the door was open for it to happen because of these underlying causes. Does that make sense? Right. No, a hundred percent. It's, it's completely right. I am on board with your theory. Um, <laughs> I, as a non-expert, will back up your theory. Um, <laughs> You're an expert, please. I think that what what happens is that this can sound just sort of like a nuance of words, but they're actually really different. And just like we talked about the difference between saying like fix and rebalance, another person might say, another healer or practitioner or coach or something like that might say, if you were talking about an ankle injury, what, and, and they could be having the best intentions, right? Like I'm not, I don't think that a lot of people are trying to be awful and mean, but I think that they might say something like, well, what do you think that you may have done to call an injury like that in? Mm. Doesn't sound too bad. Something that I might say would be, how do you think that maybe in the future you could be more in flow with what's happening in your life? Yes. Yes. Sentences aren't, vastly different, but the energy of those two sentences are very different. 
Absolutely. And just to add to that, to, to use to say the language I would use is mm-hmm. let's look at what the energetic and emotional component might be to this. Not right. that it it's, it's not, I'm not even saying it, that's the cause. Right. I'm saying there's a physical issue going on in your body. Let's also look at the emotional spiritual issue because that's probably how the door got open for the physical one. It could have been the physical that pushed the emotional spiritual to the front. Like it, it's not worth figuring out which element started it. Right. <laughs> exactly. The chicken and the egg. Exactly. It's, it's more worth looking at yourself in that whole body, mind, spirit way to see, oh, what else could be going on so that you address everything and, and hopefully can move on from it instead of having it keep, you know, coming back into your life. Right. And I feel like with the toxic positivity that like if you teach people that they're bringing things into their life, they're calling things into their life, then it creates this sort of stifled energy where people feel like they can't say or even think the think the wrong thought or they're sabotaging themselves. I mean, what a terrible ego driven place to exist in that like, oh, I didn't get that promotion because for like four seconds. I was concerned that it wouldn't happen. And, oh, I did that. I brought that on myself. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that is so harmful. Like, I don't know anybody who probably says this to people and women in particular more than you and I, which is you have full permission to feel all your feelings, the good, the bad, the ugly. Let them out. It is safe. I'll guard the door while you feel and how you feel. Ignoring them is pointless and it's, right, it's right. fake because you can't like your emotions are way stronger than that. <laughs> like you can maybe not bring them conscious, you know, fully, or you can maybe try to ignore the elephant in the room of your anger or whatever, but it is still occurring in your energy field and still affecting you. And, and it does not mean that you can't manifest good things when you feel negative. Not at all. That's not how it works. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Nope. Maybe, maybe how it works. Yes. Well, maybe we'll go into how it actually works in a future episode if you guys want to hear that. But that you can absolutely be trying to manifest something, be trying to work on something and have a bad day and be pissy all day and just not be not be here for it. And then the next day or five days later or whatever, pull yourself together and and get back on the train and you have not gone backwards. In fact, if you processed, if you, if you allowed yourself to feel and looked at why you're probably closer to it. Exactly. Exactly. Mic drop. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to talk about traditional versus alternative um, medicine and healing in a, in a future episode. I think it's episode 13. Um, but I just want to reference it here to say that energy work is still considered on this like other side of the aisle from traditional medicine, um, which is such a shame. (laughs) I don't think that it should be traditional versus alternative. I think it should be, why don't we incorporate both? And why doesn't everyone find the balance that's right for them? Right. And because and it doesn't even make sense linguistically, like quote unquote, alternative medicine was actually first. So that should be called traditional and traditional medicine should be called whatever something new now. Like it, it's all so we've all just framed it to this American, like modern culture that it's it's just so weird. I'm so over that. I really am. Like when somebody, when somebody says like, 
getting acupuncture or getting Reiki is new age. I literally want to pull the hair out of my hand because I'm like, actually, no, it's not. Going to a doctor is new age. Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, if you're on the timeline. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it's just, it's just that skewed look at stuff. Um, right. And yeah, I think some of it's rising in popularity and I think that's why it, it gets called new age, but right. like that doesn't, it's not new baby. It is not. No. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge um, cheerleader for integrative health, which combines yes. both. That's literally a whole thing. Yes. I would, we did not invent. I wish we did, but we didn't. So allowing yourself to take components from both traditional Western medicine and alternative holistic healing, this is what's important. And there is no one right way to do that. It is what, what works for me. Right. right. Yep. And I think that because society still doesn't accept intuition very well and, and don't understand it very well. Um, it's really created this conditioning where we really forget how to intuitively read signs from our body, which is what holistic and, and alternative healing helps you to like do basically. Right. So just know that that's a very natural thing for like you to feel something in your body and to know what that signal means. Like I'll give, I'll use headache for an example. If you have a headache, um, don't just pop a Tylenol, please pop one if you want to, but don't do that. Go like, what does, what does my body signaling me? Know that like you are programmed to already know what, what your body needs. It's just that we've been conditioned to sort of forget or not pay attention to it. So we kind of have to relearn this. Absolutely. So go to an energy work person to help you reconnect with that. Right. And that, and the headache might not even be something, some childhood trauma that you have to resolve. It could be that you need more water or that you need more sleep that you're about to get your period. Like, but just note that because then you're more in charge of your body and more in charge of your health. If you're not just like, this hurts, I'm going to make it go away. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's not always like the deepest of deep, you know, rivers that you have to swim through. Right. Yeah. I, I was getting headaches a couple of months ago and I was like, what is going on? And I, I sort of did that thing that I think a lot of us do who are into this stuff where I dug too deep looking for the answer. Right. And the, the answer was that the staring at a computer screen yes. so often was hurting my eyes. You and I both have blue light glasses on right now. Right now. I bought myself some blue light glasses. I finally tuned in and found the root of it felt like my eyes. My eyes also felt very tired. Right. Um, my vision kept getting blurry. So I was like, oh, so I, I. I got blue light glasses and the headache went away. It, it isn't always, you know, like, oh my gosh, when I was seven, this happened, you know, a lot of times it is, but it isn't always that. Right. There's enough of that in your life that you need to dissect and heal. Like you don't have to make more of it. You it can, a headache can just be a headache and you can get some glasses and that's okay too. You're still healing yourself. Still energy work, baby. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. I love it. All right. Anything else you want to add to our energy work overview here, friend? No, I think we covered a lot. Awesome. Okay. So I will have, um, some of the stuff that we talked about in the show notes, which you can get at embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about why you need energy work in your life. Yep. All right, let's do it. Thanks, Jay. I'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Thank you.